0: around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock, look at the view from the top, mm. researching rookies a lot, no, I just be listening to pods, yeah, one in particular, I'm just a messenger, let me just pass on the rock, uh. browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing, what he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things, and then Dennis the Bennett, yeah, the man is a menace, yeah, building a dynasty, some of the finest things, promise you, you won't regret it, mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop, give him his props. Here is a thigh, here is a box, and you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news. But when you use a take, I take up Tony fire. I mean dire because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table. Fantasy fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table. Fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go.
1: What is going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. We are proud to be a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network, which you can find at PigskinPodNet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag T-P-P-N. If you guys are watching live, you will notice that that is not Matt Fox below us. That is ESPN analyst Eric Moody. He has also contributed to Pro Football Network, The Athletic. He covers the NFL, NBA, and M—sorry, the WNBA— for ESPN. He's a former Fortune 500 manager and is now chasing his dreams uh, analyzing fantasy football, basketball, everything for ESPN. Eric, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us. How are you doing tonight?
2: No, things are going pretty good. I'm uh, fully caffeinated, you know, ready to rock and roll. You know, appreciate the uh, invite, gentlemen, and anytime someone reach out, uh, reach out to talk about fantasy football. I'm, I'm always on board for that. So.
3: So, how does the guy go from being a bigwig in a Fortune 500 company, make his way over to now. Granted, I think Disney's a Fortune 500 company as well. Yeah, Fortune 100. Yeah, but <laughs> the role seems to be substantially different. What was that path like, and and what made you go? You know what? I'm going for it.
2: <laughs> it's funny you make it sound like I was such a such a bigwig, but no, I was uh, I was a manager like middle management. Uh, and you know financial services company i'll kind of give you the reader's digest version so i've always had sales type roles you know i sold cutco in college did a short stint in uh beer wine and spirits uh sales and then went right into financial services which i've been for the bulk of my career so i've made uh you know cold calls to people you know trying to position mutual fund stocks. you know i've worked in call centers i've worked uh and you know, face-to-face firms. You know, I've worked in, uh, in in banks, and so I was at the point for where the company I was with at the time going through a lot of changes. Uh, I know the the whole uh, mantra of the companies, you know, change is constant, and it was so many changes that took place. You know, I was thinking, you know what, if I'm going to go for the sports thing. I think I think now is the time, and so uh, I, you know, went ahead and made the, the transition into sports uh, full time, and was fortunate enough that uh, BSBN had an opportunity that you know that popped up, you know, that I was able to uh, take advantage of. So all the stars aligned, and here we are.
3: Well, I uh, have a, a I had a long career in beer, wine, and spirits consumption, so. <laughs>
2: I love it. That's a, it's it's a funny business, you know. And then I was uh I wasn't in the the side of it for where it was like uh you know, like uh like bars and restaurants, like I was off premises, they would call it. So right. places where you would buy, you know, the spirits, beer, wine to consume it, you know, that's where I would that, that that was most of my account. So like uh, you know, grocery stores, you know, spirit shops, et cetera. So
3: Yeah, well, I'm here in Columbus, Ohio, you know, we've got a great big Anheuser Busch brewery. Oh yeah. Whole, all a whole bunch of microbreweries now, and and uh, we even even had some. Uh, uh, what's the name? So, a, co- a company, a distillery popped up doing bourbon, gin, and vodka. A watershed distillery that's kind of growing a little bit. So we've had lots of that stuff pop up here in Columbus. Um, so as looking at this off season it's been like the front offices have been taken over by fantasy managers and we get it again today with another big trade between the saints and the eagles what's your take on that trade
2: well well, i'll, I'll, I'll be candid first of all i was kind of scratching my head as like wait like, like like what <laughs> you know like what what are we doing here and so my, my initial take was that I think the move. I was looking at it mainly from like the Eagles' perspective, you know, because they've got a you know a ton of fantasy, you know, really fantasy relevant players that a lot of people are concerned about. So what I was thinking is that it essentially gives like one more year, you know, for the Eagles to evaluate Jalen Hurts before deciding whether to commit to him longer term. You know, he's up for an extension after the twenty twenty two season, so it gives them an opportunity to evaluate him to say, hey, is he going to be our quarterback of the future? you know, for the franchise, or are we going to go in a different direction? So that was really my main takeaway, you know, from that trade, looking at all the picks and different things that were involved.
3: Do you think that given the continual salary cap issues that the Saints have, that it really makes sense for them to kind of try to trade up? I know they've got to rebuild. They, they've they struggled since Drew Brees left and now Sean Payton, but it feels to me like they should go the Atlanta Falcons route and just like cash everything in and suck for a year or two and get back to zero where they're not trying to restructure 50 people each season
2: yeah and you know they've, they've got to obviously make some moves like to your point you know given the uh, the cap situation and I was just thinking with the with the Saints uh I know three positions I know that they they really need to address whether it's you know through a free agent or the draft would be you know wide receiver offensive tackle and uh, also safety so you know, I'm a Saints fan. You know, I've been a diehard Saints fan. You know, since I was, uh, you know, little kid. But i will be curious to see uh, what additional moves they make moving forward because the cap situation it does keep me up at night.
3: Yeah. Well, I have a so being a diehard Saints fan. So Matt and I are both uh, long, long suffering, uh, suffering uh, Ohio State fans. So is is Michael Thomas? Is he coming back this year? Is he gonna step back in? It feels like he kind of went off the rails, not necessarily physically. It felt like he kind of was starting to veer towards the Colin Kaepernick sort of, not protest, but social activism a little bit, reading some of his tweets and stuff.
2: Yeah, it's it's it, it's a really I'd say intriguing like situation because all the banner back and forth between you know Michael Thomas, you know Sean Payton, Saints organization as a whole, and then like the we'll say the miscommunication as it relates to the uh, the rehab you know with his with his ankle. So it, it was a nightmare. So I, I do see him uh, see him coming back. I think he may miss he, he may miss a handful of games, but I think he's still a guy that will end up leading that team you know in targets. I could see him easily getting between you know 105 to 115 targets. I just don't think he's going to be as fantasy relevant as he was like in the past. So I'm I'm looking at him more so as a high end wide receiver three, low end wide receiver two. You know, unless something dramatically changes. So we'll see.
1: Do you think there's any chance uh, your Saints go for a quarterback with one of these two picks now?
2: I'd be surprised just given, uh, you know, with them bringing, you know, bringing back uh, James Winston, you know, they also added, uh, you know, Andy Dalton. And so I'd be really, really surprised if they went quarterback there.
3: So, yeah. Cause James, he's signed for what? 28 million, 28 million. Sorry. You can't see air quotes on the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> So theoretically, that that you know that's better than backup money. That's that's not backup money, I don't think. Uh, it's low end no. starter money. Uh, yeah. So it feels great. like they they've made a at least a two year commitment to him, and I feel like he deserved it in my opinion. Absolutely. I, I, you know, coming out of Tampa, yeah, he threw thirty interceptions, but he also threw thirty three touchdowns, and some of that was his willingness to I think make throws other quarterbacks won't try to make. So I'm excited to see him get an opportunity. Uh, it's kind of a bummer that the the Saints are sort of in the cap strap situation, but it is refreshing that they finally declared uh, Taysom Hill a tight end.
2: Yeah, so that experiment, uh, I think, is officially over.
1: <laughs> what, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, Matt, who is not here with us, is a massive Taysom Hill fan. He uh, was kind of hoping that that would work out. Do you think he's got any real future at tight end?
2: I I think he does. Uh, I was, once that news was announced, you know, I was sitting there thinking, I was like, like how many targets, you know, could this guy, you know, end up, end up getting. And then I was thinking on the other hand, you know, you've got Adam Troutman that's there. And so I'd be really surprised. I'll be candid that uh, tastes Hills, like actively involved, like as a tight end, like, I think you're looking at a situation where Troutman's going to lead that team, at least in tight end targets. And then, Followed by uh, by Taysom Hill, but I think it's going to be a substantial gap between like Adam Troutman and Taysom Hill. So that's just my opinion. I just don't think he's going to be fantasy relevant no matter how relevant we want to make him.
3: Yeah, he just doesn't seem like he has he doesn't have the size to play, you know, a high percentage of snaps at tight end and be effective in my opinion
2: yeah and a fluctuating weight you know hey i'm gonna lose weight to play quarterback and i'm gonna put weight back on you know he hasn't had like a consistent amount of time like at one position especially in the nfl you know where the competition is is fierce it's like he's only kind of hurting himself with all this you know fluctuations back and forth but you know it is what it is
1: uh so last question i want to ask you on the on that trade really quick before we Mm -hmm. move on to your qb tiers uh with the Saints moving up here, do you think they did it for a wide receiver? I, I know you mentioned just a minute ago that's kind of a need for them. Do you think there's a wide receiver yeah. they'd like to target, or is there a wide receiver you would like to see them target on draft day?
2: Yeah, no, I would like to see them, you know, target a wide receiver. As far as um, as far as like who, I'm not really sure for right now. I know that's one other element of this trade. I was still kind of looking into, you know, with them adding these additional picks on. Uh, who you know who they would target? I know that's something on my to do list. So I don't really have a name, but I'll kind of let me think of it. Think about it for a moment. Do you have any names that come to mind that you're thinking that would be a good target for them?
1: I was trying to think of who would fall to sixteen. I feel like Garrett Wilson and, and uh, Drake London will probably be gone. I don't know if if Jamison Williams fits there. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know if they take like a Chris Olave, a guy who could be a deep threat. Since I know Michael Thomas gets the quote unquote moniker of being the slant boy. I, I think he's he's just as fine as a deep threat as well. But I think Olave would I think would be a good two to Michael Thomas if he could get there. But I was just curious if there was uh if yeah. there was one. I feel like Wilson for sure would be gone. I don't know who yeah. else might go a, before I've, that pick. I've got a
2: couple of couple of names just thinking about some of like the top uh you know the top targets. Uh you know I was thinking you know like Bama's, you know, Jameson Williams. You know that that could be a fit, um, like Drake London. You know, of course, Traylon Burks. Everyone loves him. You know, Chris Olive. You know, you mentioned some names. I'm like, if they're going to take the plunge, like early, I think those are those will be some names that would be a really good fit. You know, with the Saints, it just depends on on, on how the cookie crumbles. And you know, we always have a lot of surprises in the draft each year, where where guys are being drafted, where we're really surprised that they're being drafted.
3: So what well, you you mentioned Traylon Burks, I. saw the other day you said if people loved Andre Johnson that they were going to love Traylon Burks too yeah after get, Burks's uh, athletic measurables come in you know they he, he didn't measure up to Johnson very well in that regard do you still stick by that do you, do you think yeah. he's got that is that like his top end or that it could happen or something you think is maybe even likely
2: yeah no I, I think it could happen just from watching him on film and you know, I'm a big like Andre Johnson fan. I got a photo behind me, you know, Andre Johnson. So huge fan of his game. So I just see, uh, you know, some similarities there. And uh, it's kind of one of those things for where you have some folks where they're going to look at, you know, like the measurables and and all these advanced metrics and, and and try to make that determination, hey, this person has similar metrics, that's the guy, but I always like to play the piano, like with both hands, metrics play a part, likewise the film, and that was just a comparison early on that I had, uh, you know, Von Johnson and him, and so I do stick by it.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, and, and then he was clocked in game at 22.09 mile per hour or something like that Burks was. Mm-hmm. So clearly there's speed there. I don't know yeah. if that was maybe build-up speed. You know, because his, his explosion numbers weren't terrific, but
1: yeah, it was th- it was tracked over his uh, I think it was the 70 yard run against Bama where he took that screen pass and kind of ran yeah. by everybody. It was taken on that play, like while he was moving down the field. So he's a big boy, man. It takes a little bit of time to build up, I think. You know, he's 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 it takes a lot of time to get relate. that train moving. <laughs> Dennis, you want to get this kicked off with the QB tiers here?
3: Yeah. So I, I saw you throw out your QB tiers, uh, I think, last Thursday. And and by and large, I, I appreciate them uh, or agree with them. Uh, what struck me is, you know, Kyler Murray, who you have in Tier 2, uh, a lot of people are really, really big on him. I'm not as high, but what sort of separated him out of Tier 1 as a young mobile quarterback? Um that you know pushed him down to tier two for you. What what separates him from tier one?
2: Yeah, when when I was thinking about Murray and just kind of looking uh, you know, at his career, NFL career up to this point, I just really see a lot of uh inconsistencies, you know, on a per game basis. I, I know it's easy to get enamored by his uh dual threat ability, you know, with his rushing yards and everything there, but I just love to see a little bit more consistency with him as like as a passer. And so that's that was one. Factor that led into having him in uh, tier two and not in tier one with some of those other upper echelon quarterbacks, and it's kind of it's kind of hard to if you're going to compare like Murray with you know guys like Josh Allen, you know Patrick Mahomes, you know Justin Herbert, you know Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, you know when you look at their statistical body of work, so those are all things that played a part in putting uh, Murray in that second tier.
3: My struggle with Murray has always been that. His secret sauce is the run. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like he has the durability. And we saw it last year. Once mm-hmm. he got that foot nicked up, then that really limited him. And when he when he loses that mobility, his passing becomes less effective. Mm-hmm. Now, it, it didn't help that he lost the Andre Hopkins for a yeah. long stretch last season either. And now with... Uh, Christian Kirk moving on, there's going to be some questions. Zach Ertz is back and James Conner is back, and those are those are nice pieces. Yeah. Um, where are you uh, – so if you're – let's say you're in a super flex draft in your first couple tiers here. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you're okay falling back into tier three or if quarterback, a quarterback run happens, are you somebody that would want to trade up because your tier two is – Murray, Prescott, Brady, Hurts, Wilson. Like, mm-hmm. where would you have to be? What what quarterbacks would you have to have in tier two left before you say, mm-hmm. okay, I, I've got to trade up and get one now, or I'm okay falling into tier three?
2: Yeah, no, I, I'd be okay with falling into uh, into tier three, especially if you're looking at super flex. Ideally, you know, I'd love to have you know two quarterbacks from those first you know from those first uh, top three tiers, but if I have to fall back to tier 3, tier three and have two quarterbacks from that tier I'm I'm perfectly okay with that
1: you have a burrow in your your tier one which I don't Mm -hmm. know if a lot of people would put him there just because Mm of I feel like everybody's nowadays infatuated with the rushing upside right which I don't think we'll Mm -hmm. see much of burrow he's already suffered two injuries to that knee he had the the pretty bad knee injury two years ago and then was playing with the sprained Mm -hmm. mcl Do you think that's just volume and then obviously just all the talent around him that's going to get him up into that Mm -hmm. tier one?
2: Yeah, no, you hit the head of the nail. Uh, You you look at Burrow uh, going back to, you know, to last year. I'm like, as the season went on, you know, he improved. You know, if you look at from, uh, I think it was week, let me think for a second, like from week six on, like he averaged 304 passing yards and 24 fantasy points per game. Like the Bengals, you know, this offseason, you know, they've addressed their offensive line. Uh, they also have an offense you mentioned with those playmakers. They got Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, you know, his top three receivers. And so he should continue to hit the ground running you know, in 2022, you know, pick up where he left off last year. also like the addition of uh, Hayden Hurst, too. I think he can be, uh, you know, a nice playmaker for them and, and really have some favorable matchups. And so when you combine all those factors, you know, I really like Burrow. We saw what he was able to do with the subpar offensive line when he was protected. Just think about what he can do and what a ceiling could be, you know, if that protection is more consistent and he's not having to manipulate the pocket quite as much. So I'm excited to see it.
3: So uh, for, I, re- I I didn't – I should have called it a- earlier Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow that's tier one yeah Uh, do you think so Jackson had been kind of cool on the contract situation up (laughs) until like yesterday when all maybe it was today where it was leaked out that he basically said I'm not playing until I get a new contract (laughs) but yeah he's his own agent so Like, do you, do you foresee there being a hiccup in the negotiating process with Lamar Jackson? Or is it just, uh, uh, you know, I'm not going to really attend some of these these meetings and these uh, off-season program stuff kind of statement?
2: No, I, I think ultimately, you know, it's just almost reminds me of some posturing, like, in the media. So, ultimately, I think they'll work. They'll work something out. It's just if you look at his statistical body of work, I'm like, in the success that they've had, you know, they have no choice. Uh, you know not to not to not to coexist because I know he ended up disappointing fantasy managers last season, you know, had some injuries. You know, but he's still a fantasy football dynamo. Like if you look over the last three seasons, he's averaged twenty six fantasy points per game and his rushing ability is obviously well publicized. So I do like Jackson quite a bit this year. I think he could be a nice value, you know, relative to his ADP, uh, you know, to those other upper echelon quarterbacks we're talking about. So no. They they're they're gonna figure something out.
3: Yeah, I I'm a huge fan. I I I keep he hasn't put it together completely. Like he had that 36 touchdown pass season and then a thousand, thousand yard rushing season. I think when he kind of puts that all together, and we're right on the verge of it now that they've got Bateman and, and Hollywood and Andrews uh, with Dobbins coming back, I, I feel like he's right on the cusp of having just a, a monster season. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, and then in tier two, you have Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady. Jalen hurts and Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. So are these, so from a dynasty perspective, do you still keep Brady in tier two?
2: Yeah. If you're looking at dynasty, that's obviously going to be different because you're, you know, despite, you know, Tom Brady having the super soldier serum and he, you know, doing all these uh athletic feats. It's like, I think we're looking at like the last season for him, you know, or two. But it's just someone in Dynasty, you're obviously, you're going to have to drop him down, you know, quite a bit. I'm really curious about Jalen Hurts, though. And I think with this trade and the type of season that he has this year will dictate, you know, whether he's, you know, the future for the Eagles. So I think he's someone for where, if you're looking to make a trade with someone where they're a little bit, you know, uneasy, you know, about that uncertainty, then I think that's a player that I would definitely target. But, uh, yeah, you know, with Dak Prescott and some of the other names that you mentioned, they're obviously younger, you know, uh, not as old as Brady, so. Yeah, I haven't done any dynasty tiers. Uh, You've given me an idea that maybe something I'll put together. <laughs>
3: uh, I just drafted Jalen Hurts, who I, I'm admittedly not a huge fan of, but I drafted him as my cup um, uh, based on his his rushing ability. I feel like he's a 800 yards, probably 800 and 8 to 10 touchdowns rushing and 20 touchdowns passing is kind of, where i feel his production is going to be and and i'm okay it's a standard scoring league you know a dinosaur league uh i i rank standard scoring and i re stand i rank for standard and it occurred to me i should probably make sure i'm playing in a standard league and so i started one and, and uh, we'll see i i i i don't think i'm going to have hertz be viable after 2023 i think he is probably gonna be a backup after that.
2: Yeah, uh, his situation is is uh, I think is, is, is interesting. I think a lot of people are watching it. Uh, i just I just view him as being like their long term starter. Uh, I know who Leonard this season, you know being healthy. you know he's you know he had ankle surgery. Uh, I think that injury, if you look back at last year like clearly slowed him down. The Eagles, you know, they are run-based offense uh, that could lower his fantasy ceiling, but they're likely to have some design runs for him. You know, it's just Miles Sanders a of
3: managers would beg to differ.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, good point. But you look at Philadelphia; I'm like they ran the football like on sixty-seven percent of their plays like last season. And I, I did read—I uh, forgot where I read it, but just you know, like beat you know beat writer reports that kind of thing. I know Hertz is uh, also working on his passing this off season, which is obviously a good thing. You know, he's trying to continue to improve and, and get better. So hopefully, we'll see all that stuff come to fruition in uh, 2022. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm right there with you on Hertz. I I feel like I'm the one on this podcast who's been kind of championing for him. I mean, he's played in what 19 games, so barely a full NFL season, and he's continued to get better every single year. We've seen. Mm -hmm. I mean. Not to say that Lamar is on the same level of his passing, because I do think Lamar's a bit a little bit of a better passer. But we saw Lamar struggle that first year or so he as did. a real passing quarterback. It took him a little bit of time to get going, and now he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I I do think Hertz can be there. I, I do have a interesting question about about your tiers. I think I just noticed when I was looking at him again here that your top uh, tier one is all AFC quarterbacks and tier two up until about a couple weeks ago, when Wilson got (laughs) traded to the AFC was actually all NFC quarterbacks. If there's one guy in there, maybe it's Kyler because he's right there at the top. There's one guy there in your tier two, you think could make that jump into tier one. Who would it be for you?
2: Yeah. I I just love uh, Russell Wilson because he was in that tier. And so that, that would, that would be the name. Um, When I think about Russell Wilson with, um, kind of a situation. I know he's, um, he's got Cortland Sutton, you know, Jerry Judy, you know, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler. He's in a really, really good position in place. And Denver has been in the, uh, what's the best way to describe it? The the quarterback basement, you know, for quite some time, you know, since, uh, you know, those, those last couple of seasons of Peyton Manning. And uh, let me think about this stat. It was a really good one. So Denver's finished like 21st or worse in the league, like in passing touchdowns in each of the past six seasons. I think that'll obviously change like a Russell Wilson. You know, he's still in his physical prime, you know, lead arm strength, accuracy, high football IQ. And I just think the Broncos are going to lean like heavily on that. So I think he's someone that can ultimately make that leap into that top tier. And I'll go as far as to say like Wilson has the potential to finish his like the, you know, I would say the, uh, Top five at the position. Okay, I like. So, it. Are, are you
3: team Sutton or team Judy?
2: I'm team Judy. Oh man, I'm team Judy. Roll Tide, baby. Roll Tide.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're all we're all uh, we're all on Sutton over here. We think he's going to be the be the guy that they use more like uh, like DK in this offense. But it, I'm yeah. with you. I mean, it's definitely going to be. And then you got Albert O as well at tight end, who they've been talking mm-hmm. of. Hackett is, is seemed to almost always have a pass heavy offense. So I'm, I'm yeah. with you. He's a guy who could be really, really fun to watch this year, especially if they just let him, let him cook. I mean, we've talked recently, uh, mm-hmm. whatever it was a couple years ago, when Pete Carroll and that offense actually let him pass the ball that first half of the season. I think oh, he was like a glorious. top three quarterback. Yeah. He, he was mm-hmm. top three. And so if he gets into the AFC, and he's going to have to against the Chargers and, and the Chiefs. Yeah. So it should be a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Agreed.
3: So as we head into Tier Three, it starts to show its age a little bit more. Uh, we got we got Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr, Trey Lance, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields, and Tua Tungavaiola. Mm-hmm. So was Tua in Tier Three before the Tyreek Hill trade, or did that bump him up?
2: I'm trying to remember. I'm just not uh, I'm just not as like I'm I'm optimistic about Tua. We'll we'll touch on Tua and, uh, you know, like Derek Carr quite a bit. I know I've been vocal about that. So we can kind of touch on him and some of those other names. Um, I would say with Tua. So I think he could be still viewed as like a high end QB, two. You know, he's got upside for more. Uh, It's clear that the Dolphins want to build around him, you know, which is good. Young quarterback, hey, we're adding these other playmakers. I just think the preseason will be vital for Tua, especially when you got uh, Teddy Bridgewater there in Miami as well. Uh, I think from a fantasy lens, you know, as Sun Tzu mentioned, you know, in the midst of chaos, there's also opportunity. I think a lot of people – May be a little uneasy about Tua saying, "Okay, is Teddy Bridgewater going to make starts? Is he really going to make the leap?" And I think he's really going to end up being like a nice value. So I think managers should take advantage of that uh, ADP discount. And I, I really, I really like Tua, especially in superflex leagues. You know, landing him as like your QB two—that's a great example of someone that you you draft as a QB two, but he has upside for so much
1: more. Is Deshaun Watson in tier three for you because of us not really knowing what is going to happen with his future, even though he got traded to Cleveland? Or is it just because he hasn't been on the football field for over a year now?
2: Yeah, it's a little bit of both. And he's someone for where I could easily see bumping up into that next tier. Uh, I think if they add on like another, you know, like playmaker, whether it's like Will Fuller or, uh, you know, if Odell Beckham, you know, signs there, or if they end up, you know, drafting someone. So, but he's someone I think that can easily exceed uh, expectations. Um, as far as like the layoff, I know a lot of people were, I was, in. I had some conversations on Twitter where people were just like, okay, well, you know, he missed out on the 2021 season. I just think we're, we're going to get the same quarterback you know, that we saw from 2018 to 2020, you know, where you averaged 25 fantasy points a game, even if you just isolate his, you know, his 2020 season, I'm like, he left the league in passing yards, finished fifth in fantasy points among quarterbacks, he's going to return to the field as a QB one, in my opinion, in Cleveland, you know, he, he does have numerous playmakers right now, you know, he's got Amari Cooper. You know Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's a you know a breakout candidate, He's going to be a popular sleeper this summer. And Of course, he's got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I'm just curious to see what other playmakers they build like around him. I think he's someone before the dust settles that he'll end up being in that second tier.
3: What do you, What do you think of uh, him him being paired up with David and Joku?
2: I do like that, and I do like that quite a bit. And so, you look at Njoku; who could be, a, you know, popular streamer, you know, once we're uh, in the season, or just a, a late round tight end. But I just think with his athleticism, and you look at Watson's, you know, playmaking ability and accuracy. I think that's going to be a very popular uh, connection in 2022. So,
3: yeah, it felt to me like Njoku's been inconsistent for most of his career, mm-hmm. and the coaching staff must have really felt that on the practice field and then in games as well, he was really putting it together from a consistency standpoint. Um, I I love Njoku. I think, come on, man. Um, uh, Go ahead.
1: You mentioned being high on Derek Carr. Uh, I mean, he's been a consistent QB two for the most part in his, his fantasy career. Adding a guy like Devontae Adams does not hurt that at all. So what is uh, what are your realistic uh, opinions on his upside here now with with adding a Devontae Adams and Josh McDaniels, mm-hmm. who we know at times has been known to run a very offense um, and very fantasy-friendly offense?
2: Yeah, no, exactly. You kind of touched on some of those things. So, you know, I'll be transparent. You know, Carr has always been, I would say, underrated like in fantasy. Uh, if you look at Carr's body of work, I'm like, he's averaged, you know, 19 fantasy points per game. Uh, over the last two seasons when cars finishes a qb2 or better in 82 percent of his games i would say one statistical area that has ultimately lowered his fantasy ceiling is really in the area of passing touchdowns but if you look over the last two seasons he's only averaged 1.5 passing touchdowns per game you mentioned josh mcdaniel's offensive minded head coach that's obviously going to help you also have the addition of uh, Devontae adams too which he's a, a monster in the red zone and so I think to truly understand the leap that Carr can make, I think it helps to really dive a little bit deeper into Devontae Adams, uh, some of his stats. You know, because he's going to be his number one guy. So you look over the last four seasons. You know, Adams has led the NFL with 432 receptions. You know, five thousand three hundred ten receiving yards, forty-seven receiving touchdowns. Adams has also averaged twenty-two fancy points per game in fifty-seven active games over that time frame. And we talk about rapport. You know, everyone's like, "Well, he yeah, had rapport with." Aaron Rodgers, well, he's got rapport with Derek Carr too. You look at this duo, I'm um, like, they played together at Fresno State 2012 to 2013. Between them, they scored 39 touchdowns and racked up 3,037 yards. I think that was the most touchdowns of any FBS combo in those two seasons. To bring all that together, the last time a rated receiver had scored more than 269.4 fantasy points was way back in the year 2000. That's obviously going to change in 2022 with Devontae Adams. And again, I think Derek Carr is one of those uh quarterbacks that people will draft as like a QB two, but it wouldn't surprise me if he provides you with many QB one weeks. And I think it's a good chance too that he he could finish as like a low-end QB one for the season. So I think it's possible.
1: The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big two. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right, a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all all new customers a free shot at a million of dollars in total prizes in their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings. Kings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 and up restrictions apply. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1 800 GAMBLER or 1 800 426 2537. In Illinois, Indiana, Minnesota, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona or 1-800-522-4700. In Colorado and New Hampshire, 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org backslash chat in Kentucky and Connecticut. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Indiana or one eight seven 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 zero stop or seven one eight seven 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 zero seven eight six seven eight seven seven eight Hope New York or text Hope NY four six seven three eight nine in New York. Visit OPGR.org in Oregon. Call or text TN Redline 1 800 889 9789 in Tennessee or 1 800 532 3500 in Virginia. 21 and up, 18 and up in New Hampshire or Wyoming. Physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, and Los Angeles, Minnesota, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, and Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia. West Virginia, Wyoming. Only minimum five dollar deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. So the the uh, rumors of Devontae Adams' fantasy death have been widely overrated, is what you're saying as well. Because a lot of people exactly. have kind of left him for dead in going over to the Raiders.
2: Yeah, and so I, I think he's still an elite wide receiver one. Uh obviously, you know, Cooper Cup that's going to be, you know, your wide receiver one, top guy. But I just think of it this way. If I'm sitting there in a 12-team draft and I'm at the back end of the first round of a draft, go or at the turn, going into the top of the second, I'm like, I'm going to take Devontae Adams in the late first or top of the second all day. I'm like, well, he's going to be such a nice value this year relative to his ADP because it's, it's cost a lot more to get him in the pass.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I was about to say, I was just in a couple startup drafts here in the past couple weeks. He's gone in the late third in both. Uh, so Devonte Adams has so like if you can get him in the third, I'm with you we were there was a big discussion on Twitter today about that if he's worth the take in there because he's just said he he's being discounted. I think a lot of that is like what you just mentioned is the maybe the perceived the way we perceive Derek Carr is not really what the stats actually tell you on how good uh, he has been there there's another I gotta ask this Dennis mentioned at oh, the yeah. beginning of the of the show here that we are both Ohio state fans, and I noticed that you have Justin Fields in tier two. But the god, Trevor Lawrence, in Tier 3... What is it about Justin Fields that has him above Trevor Lawrence? Because not many people mm-hmm. feel that way, even based on the seasons they had last year. They still believe Trevor Lawrence coming out of of college was was the highest one of the highest rated quarterbacks ever by by most recruiting services. Had a really great career at Clemson. Was able to mm-hmm. beat Justin Fields once, lost to him another time. Like they, they everybody, most people view Trevor Lawrence as a better prospect than Justin Fields. So, what mm-hmm. gives him the slight edge for you to put him in tier two over Trevor Lawrence? Yeah,
2: I, I like Fields quite a bit, and I think a lot of people are going to be, you know, down on him just given the season, you know, that he had. So he's banged up a little bit, uh, kind of dysfunctional, you know, coaching staff, you know, the whole nine. You can say the same thing for Trevor Lawrence too with the Urban Meyer debacle, but that's the story for another day, right? Uh, what I like with uh, with Fields is that you know, he's going to give you that rushing ability, and I think he's he's more willing to to rush or to generate rushing yards or in attempts, you know, than Trevor Lawrence. But also uh, just the playmakers uh, that. You know that Fields has around him. I know everyone's like, well, he doesn't have anybody, but you know he's got Dornell Mooney. He's got uh he's got Kolchakat, and he's got a great running back, at least in my opinion, with David Montgomery. So, you know, he's been solid. You know, he's not like the greatest physical specimen known to man, but he does enough to get the job done. And they're giving him a ton of opportunities. And so, I still don't think that the Bears are done. Obviously, adding offensive playmakers, and so when you combine all those factors, I just I just like Fields. You know, I loved his game in college, and. I think this will be a really, really nice year for him. I think he'll surprise a lot of people. So and again, it's all about trying to find those guys that are undervalued
1: that could exceed expectations. I think Fields is one of them. I mean, I, I hope so. I've got I've got my Fields shirt on. i I've been a nope. massive fan. He he came he was my higher highest rated quarterback last year. I'm you know, I, I don't want to put all the blame on on a coach because I don't think it's all. It's de- mitigating factors for everybody, right? There's not one thing that causes a player to have a down mm-hmm. season based on what we expected. But I, I'm I'm right there with you. I really think he can have a bounce back year this year, and I hope so. So, because I've got a lot of shares of Justin Fields, and it would make me very, very happy if <laughs> if he bounces so, back.
3: So what I heard was that Derek Carr is the Kirk Cousins of the AFC. <laughs>
2: could be a guy that no one really appreciates but hey he still he still delivers
3: or that uh let's see David Montgomery is the Kirk Cousins of running backs?
2: No, I don't know if he's the Kirk Cousins of running backs. I just kind of view Montgomery as like a he's like the the RB2 that no one wants to to draft but you know he delivers. It's I, I'll put it to you like this. It's it's kind of easy for everyone to get like kind of intoxicated by you know players like you know upside and their ceiling and all that stuff, and 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 that's fine. But if you're building your roster for where you kind of have one of those guys, like as your RB one, and you're trying to look for an RB two that's just going to give you solid production, I'm like David Montgomery's that guy, and he's still going to get a ton, a ton of opportunities. You know whether it's rushing attempts or targets, and so he's just someone I think that's just undervalued. I know I tweeted about him a couple of days ago as well.
3: Yeah, I I like Montgomery. He was my RB one that year coming out for dynasty um i liked him over jacobs i think uh Mm -hmm. he he's yeah he's a guy that just gets it done but he doesn't uh you know he he can do a little bit after contact just enough to continue to be effective but Mm -hmm. you know he's not going to break off a 90-yard run
2: yeah he's 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 not that guy and he needs a you know mediocre to Not a lot of of average offensive line, you know, to make it work. But yeah, I'm like, he's a little solid bag.
1: So I see in tier three, you have Trey Lance. Is he a guy that right now, I think at least the fantasy community, we kind of expect him to get the start because we don't think that Jimmy G is going to be the guy, but it looks like they're not going to move on from Jimmy G. If Lance does get the start and let's say that he does play well, is he a guy you expect to rise out of that tier three?
2: Ooh, that's a great question. I I, I would say yes. You know, I'm I'm a big Trey Lance guy. I I do think he'll end up starting. Uh, I just think it really comes down to the 49ers finding a trade partner for uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I just believe that will happen leading up to or even during, you know, the NFL draft. But I think Trey Lance brings a lot to the table. But when you factor in, like, his intangibles, whether as a rusher or, you know, as a passer, and then with the offensive playmakers that they have surrounding him, it, it's really difficult to kind of fail in in that type of environment. And I know Jimmy, you know Jimmy G had some moments, you know, with that supporting cast. Just just think about what Lance can do, you know, with given opportunity.
1: By the way, Eric, this is the other Matt. He was just, Eric was just singing hey, Matt, praises about Russell Wilson and everything. Matt is a big. Uh, I know. Broncos I was just Well, oh, okay. I was
4: apparently stuck behind a tractor on the freeway. <laughs>
1: All right, I've got to ask you about my guy really quick, Dennis, and I'll I'll get out of your way. Baker Mayfield. Uh, I love him. I hate that what has gone down with him in Cleveland. Do you see where do you think he possibly goes? And is there a place that you'd like to see him go to maybe return any sort of fantasy value moving forward?
2: Yeah. Th- this is kind of unorthodox. So a lot of people are like, well, he should go to Seattle. They've got drew lock. That's there. Yay. Okay. That's a, you know, for, for fantasy, Hey, that could be an interesting scenario, but then I feel like those two guys are going to end up like cannibalizing each other's fantasy value. Cause you're going to, you're going to wonder like who's going to start week to week, unless someone really runs away with the job, but I just don't see that happening. Here's what I would like to see him do. I like to see him kind of sit on the sidelines for a season and learn. And I think with like, the Buccaneers would be a great spot for him to do that. You know, you know, get you know really uh used to that culture and sit behind Brady and then going into the next year why don't we have a, a competition between him and uh, Kyle trash to see who's going to be the starter I just think that's a better position or situation where he's better positioned for success you know with the players that they have and that's really what Baker needs to do to succeed despite you know all the swagger and, and all that stuff that the guy has it's just he needs a above average supporting cast to be successful. He's not talented enough to, uh, we'll say elevate everyone around him, but if he's in the right situation, I think he can still be really successful. I'm just curious to see if we'll, uh, have a chance to see Baker do that. So,
3: so uh, would you say the Birmingham style?
2: Which one? The Birmingham, being-
3: one. the Birmingham stallions,
2: the Birmingham. Did you say Birmingham stallions? You're <laughs> break yeah. Up yeah. you you broke up there a little bit, Dennis. Uh,
3: that's okay. It was a terrible USFL joke. So yeah.
2: that's what I was about to say. It sounds like USFL team. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, so looking at tier five, so one of my so I, I really like that uh, Winston's getting another shot, and I really felt like Marcus Mariota was a guy who who deserved another shot. Things didn't finish as well in Tennessee. He got injured. He went into uh, Oakland, Las Vegas. Was a good soldier and produced when they put him on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I feel like he can be successful, but I feel but he's just set up to fail in Atlanta. Like he's going to be yeah. running for his life. He's not going to have a ton of weapons besides Kyle Pitts. And I, I am I inaccurate there. I feel I wanted him to mm-hmm. be. I I feel like he's got. He's got the mobility and the ability to run that teams look for nowadays.
2: Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't think that you're uh, inaccurate there. It's just you, know, you don't have Calvin Ridley. You know the, you don't have Julio Jones anymore. You got Kyle Pitts. I'm like you got Cordero Patterson. But can he can he do everything? You know, I, I think not. So it's it's not really the best you know situation. I think the only way it would really be salvageable is um, if there's any other free agents that are out there that they pick up. You know, if they make some. Uh, you know, draft some players that can really help that team now, but it's it's really like a situation I would avoid. You know, I, I don't even think that Mariota is going to be a viable streamer, even if he has a favorable matchup. It's just going to be very difficult for him to uh, exceed expectations, in my opinion.
3: Well, then I'm glad I got sniped in my startup. <laughs> or Frank Darby's a lot better than we all thought. That could happen.
1: One could hope. Do you expect Atlanta to go uh, quarterback in the draft this year?
2: Ooh, that's that's a good one. God, they just they just need help in so many yeah, so many other positions. My 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 gut's saying no. Uh and just to go with um, you know, if Mariota, you know, it's like a stopgap, you know, like a uh, maybe two. I, I doubt it'll last like three seasons, but I'd just be really surprised. They just they just have so many other areas where they need some help.
3: Do you think they should go quarterback?
2: I don't know. My my gut and instincts are saying no. I don't think that they should.
3: Yeah, I would agree. I don't think yeah. they should. I, I'm a firm believer. You build the team from the inside out. Offensive line, defensive line. Get your yeah. bring in the because the quarterback's going to make so much money. You don't want him sitting there playing on a bad team. Get a good team, then add a good.
2: Yeah, got to have that supporting cast. Good quarterback.
3: Two cents. So moving away from quarterbacks, how do you feel about Christian McCaffrey? Like, where do you have him? Are are you ready to say too much injury risk for me? No, he's still you know top one, two, three. What are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, this may be. I wouldn't say it's controversial, but I'm I'm just not buying it, and I'm like I kind of view him as um, I would say my. You know, RB6, you know, I can think of five guys off the top of my head I'd rather have than Christian McCaffrey right now. You know, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Derrick Henry, you know, Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, you know, Najee Harris. I just think that a lot of people are assuming that McCaffrey, you know, he's obviously going to return healthy at the beginning of the season, training camp, etc. I just think that a lot of people are assuming that he's going to return to the previous workload that he had. And, and and I get it again, it's intoxicating because the guy had um I think average twenty-five opportunities per game, I believe, like over the last uh three seasons. And so I think if the Panthers really want McCaffrey to last the entire season, I think it'll be wise to diversify like his opportunity share, you know, to get someone else involved. And that may be may, may not be what fantasy managers want to hear, especially considering like the draft capital you're going to have to use to land McCaffrey. But I just believe that's the scenario that we're going to see.
4: So the NFL draft is coming up and we entered this off season with a lot of teams having more questions than answers at quarterback. It's been a wild couple of weeks and we've really seen the landscape shake up as we head into this draft. How many of these rookie quarterbacks do you think will go in the first round? And do you like any of them with the potential to end up maybe in a tier one for you down the road?
2: that's a really good question. Think about that for a moment. No, my my instincts are saying that gosh. It's such an interesting class. You know, I'm thinking of guys like with uh you know Kenny Pickett, you know, if he he would play, you know, Malik Willis, all these guys. I don't know. My instinct is saying like no. It would just have to be a scenario where someone is uh where someone gets injured or hurt where they're forced to play. I think it's one of these situations for where they where they have these guys kind of sit and learn and develop like that way cuz it's just a lot of risk of rushing a, a young player out there especially where they don't have the support like around them. But I don't know. What 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 do you guys think? That's a really good question by
4: the way. Yeah, I think Matt and I we've been doing uh, mock NFL drafts and mm-hmm. you know, I think when we were first doing it, well, we took a lot of quarterbacks in the first round, Yeah, but you've seen a lot of these teams close
1: that up. <laughs> yeah i think i honestly think that's what worries me a little bit about this quarterback class is you see all these teams making these moves to get the veterans i think tells us maybe they're not as high on the exactly. quarterback class as some of us are in the fantasy community and mm-hmm. so i'd be curious like i know everybody says malik willis but like eric you just said i, I agree like he's one of those guys who i agree he's mm-hmm. gonna have to sit for a couple of years he's not He's not Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Sackley, any of those guys that came out last year. Uh, So, yeah, I I don't know that any of them would. I think, for me, the closest is Matt Corral. He's the guy that I think I have as my highest-rated quarterback just because of what I think he can do altogether. But even then, I think you're still having to unseat you know, guys like, I mean, Eric, you mentioned in your tier two, you've got Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. Justin Fields could jump up up there. Trey yeah. Lance is like, there's so many quarterbacks that I think are still kind of young enough in their careers that could be high in mm-hmm. tier one or, or high end tier two guys. And it's going to be hard for some mm-hmm. of those guys to jump up there.
2: Yeah, I'm like, you, you brought up some really good points. It's like, the, I would say the only one like, you know, I would say that could start in, uh, in year one would be like Malik Willis. And it's mainly, I'm thinking because of the rushing ability to be able to kind of create additional time in the pocket or or generate yards on the ground to help fantasy managers. But, yeah, I just think these other players, quarterbacks, should just just sit. It's just going to take more time.
3: Do you think that this this class, being like it is, is going to maybe push some teams to uh, go back to the development like they used to where they would bring a quarterback in and let them sit? I know they can't lock them up for as many years con- contractually as yeah. they could in the '70s, um, but it seems to me that this is a this class has some talent, and like you said, it needs to sit a little bit. Will teams start to take a more cautious approach if some of the guys from this class are successful in two or three years?
2: Yeah, I, I believe that they that they should. It's just it really comes down to the the owner of the team, and it's just not not all the owners are are patient and they like the metal, you know, we all know the owners that like the metal, you know, just like to constantly be in the kitchen, looking over the shoulder, what's going on over here? You know, I think we should do this with that. And so I just don't think it'll end up, uh, it'll end up happening. But I think if you have like a realistic window saying maybe year two, year three and build a a solid team or support system around that quarterback, I think, I think it could work. I'd like to see more of it, but just deep down inside, I'm like, you're always going to have the, a team that's drafting a quarterback really high. That's, um, you know, kind of looking to make money, be more profitable because you know, it is a business. It's just some go about it a little bit better, you know, than, than others we will say. So yeah, I could, I think it should happen, but I just don't think it will. And that's what I'm trying to say.
4: Matt, that was one of Matt's arguments for why we might see a few more guys go in the first round than we were expecting. Cause you get that fifth year option. So you can afford to have them sit a couple more years.
2: Yeah. I'd, I'd uh, so, like to see it. I'd really like to see it. So that, that'll be interesting. We should have this conversation again, like a year or two from now and just see how did it pan out. But yeah, go ahead.
1: <laughs> uh, so last three, because we, we've kept you here for almost uh, an hour and we appreciate your time. Um, mm-hmm. Who is your wide receiver one? We talked a little bit about Adams and I know you mentioned cup. So just want to see is is he for sure your wide receiver one right now?
2: Yeah, it, it it for me it is Cooper Cup. It's just hard to to kind of fade a guy like that, you know, who led the league, you know, last year with the 145 receptions, uh, you know, 1,947 receiving yards, 16 touchdowns. You know, if you look at history, like the only other players to accomplish that statistical feat were uh, Steve Smith, you know, Jerry Rice, and Sterling Sharp. So it, it is hard for me to remove uh, Cup, you know, from uh wide receiver one.
3: Well, let me introduce you to to statistical regression. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it, I, I, be I like Cooper... to see
2: if he does like replicate those numbers, but even if he comes close to it, he's still going to be a nice value, but well, who knows I, I, he could surprise us.
3: <laughs> yeah. I was, I was listening to, I think it was John Hansen talk a couple days ago, him and Adam Kaplan maybe, or Greg Cosell. And they said, they, they said they felt like, um, Allen Robinson was going to be about an eight target per game guy. Mm-hmm. And I think that still leaves, you know, 12, 13, 14 targets for Cooper Cup. So he could easily continue on that torrid pace. Um be, because Stafford has no no issues throwing the ball 50 times a game. So mm-hmm. if if the running game isn't clicking, Stafford will chuck it.
2: Yeah, no, you brought up a good point. Yeah, I just kind of view it as you know, you got Stafford for where I I think he'll definitely get over like 570 uh, pass attempts uh, for this year. If you look at the targets, I think Cooper Cup getting over like 150, you know, is a lot. I think a guy like Robinson, I can see him getting around uh, I would say like 110 to 115. That's kind of the range where I'm looking at now, and so he can still be you know productive, you know, on that. It's just it's still going to be the Cooper Cup show.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean the Bengals' defense knew that's who they needed to cover in the Super Bowl, and they still couldn't do it. So I yeah, mean, I can't. Exactly. Uh, I, I'd imagine he'd uh, he'd absolutely ball out this year. What's one off-season move you love for fantasy?
2: I'll say one that I loved. Yeah, we, we kind of talked about him earlier, but I, I would say with uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah, that that was probably the big one for me because you know Denver's got. You know, they got playmakers in various positions, whether it's on offense or defense. You know, they just needed a quarterback to kind of bring everything together. So, with having Wilson there, I think helps out, like, a lot. That was probably my favorite move.
3: Was it your favorite move, Fox?
4: Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm very excited about that. Um, see him and Cortland Sutton out
1: there. Yeah, we t- – uh, Eric is the uh, on the Judy train. That's what we let him know we were all I, on the. I know. Side. I live
4: here. I'm not familiar with a player named Judy. I don't think he
2: plays for us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> on the uh, on the opposite side of that, what is one off season move you hate for fantasy?
2: Oh, I was going to say it was like it's like a gut punch with the. Uh... <laughs> With J.D. McKissick returning uh, to Washington, that was that was brutal because it it puts a damper on uh, what could have been a a breakout season for Antonio Gibson. You know, just given uh, in his receiving ability, like in college, and and being in a position for where he could get uh, you know like a lion share of the opportunity share would have been amazing. But unfortunately, it just wasn't meant to be because we got J.D. McKissick that's returning. So I'll say that's one that I hated.
1: Awesome. Well, and Dennis, Matt, you guys have anything else? Or
3: I just really appreciate you coming on and uh, being able yeah. to work with us schedule wise. I look forward to to reading more of your work and and uh, uh, thank you so
1: much.
2: No, no, you're uh, you're welcome. Yeah, absolutely happy to come on. So.
1: Yeah, we we really appreciate it. Let everybody know where they uh, they can find you. I don't think I gave your Twitter handle earlier, so that's a yeah, poor hosting on my my side here. But uh, where where can they find you on Twitter and everything you've got going on?
2: Yeah, and so it's uh, you can find me, you know, on Twitter. I encourage everyone to follow me at uh, Eric in Moody, and just check out all my NFL, NBA, WNBA, fantasy, and sports betting content over at ESPN. But, but well, gentlemen, hey, thanks again for the invite, and I look forward to uh, the next time. I guess we'll see each other in the Twitter streets,
1: as they say, right? I think that's what they say, yeah. I don't, but that's I hear that's what they say.
4: (laughs) I have Jerry Judy as a keyword search, so I'm sure it will come up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody, thank you guys so much, and we will talk to you guys again soon.